welcome to a brand new episode of the Traction.gg podcast, where we talk about racing games, sims, and racing esports. And the latter is particularly true today, as we are joined by possibly the busiest driver in all of professional esports. It's uh, Kevin Ziggy. How are you, Kevin? All right. How are you? Yeah, really good. And thank you very much for, for joining us. I thought this was a good opportunity to talk through you know, your background and your history, and also what you've been doing this year, because it's absolutely mad and insane. But but also provide our listeners with um, insight into what it's like being a professional esports uh, racing driver, uh, and also how to get into it and how you've uh, escalated up the ladders, so to speak. Um, let's just start with your season this year, twenty twenty one. I'm gonna I've got to write all this down. So excuse me, I've got my notepad here. I believe you've competed in the Formula E Accelerate competition where you finished third the virtual Le Mans series where you've had a couple of poles and a win at spa so far as the time of recording the gt world challenge europe sprint series esports championship where you finished fourth in a set of course of formula pro series where team red line finished second and you finished third in the points g adac or adac gt masters esports on race room where you snagged a race win this season as well uh, GT Pro Series Season 3 and Season 4 this year, <laughs> uh, where uh, you where you won races this year in, and you finished uh, six with three podiums in Season 4, and the VTNR League in Seto Corsa with BMW. Is that everything, or have I even missed some off? <laughs> I, think, I think that's everything. You got everything correct. Uh... Just, well, just on the VTNR side, I won the championship. Oh yeah, yeah. That's Sorry, really... yeah, I did have that. I didn't say it. And, out loud, and so. was the MVP of the whole season. So, whoops. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. No, that's that's an incredible CV for just this year. Even, never mind your previous successes, right? So, I would like to know first of all, uh, do you have any spare time at the minute? And second of all, how do you go about uh, you know planning out your schedule? I mean, right now in October, luckily I do have a little bit of spare time to play to play other games and like enjoy myself. But yeah. I think, oh, I think the the worst part about it was, um, I think from May to August, that that was like the the most stressful stressful time. Or actually, even October, um, that that's where I had the most amount of races, especially October when I had a couple of a couple of uh, weekends where I had um, four races within five days. And it was just absolutely mental. Um, just mentally wise, it was really, uh, really up there, and I, like one of the hardest things I've I've done mentally. Um, physically, luckily, not so much because it's we're driving a video game technically. Uh, but yeah, it was just absolutely mental this whole year because it's just so many so many series that I've wanted to be involved in, and I just committed to them, uh, just like I do every other thing, and. I just had to prioritize properly, uh, in a sense, which was not easy. But I, at least I made it through. Uh, and right now, I'm lucky enough to enjoy a little bit of free time and only cool. focus on Le Mans. Right. Yeah, because I think you mentioned there you had a couple of really busy weekends. In particular, I I remember one where we were writing about you and Traction.gg about uh, the virtual Le Mans series. There was a Formula Pro race. There was a GT World Challenge race and ADAC GT Masters all within like a few days, right? When when it's like that, do you have time to practice at all, or are you just uh, relying on previous previous knowledge and expertise? Um, I think yeah, you know, it was it was very really hard to like practice for everything. I think um, I had to set my own priorities. So, for example, Le Mans was the biggest priority in a sense, and um, Adak was the the least prior the least amount of priority that I put in. Um, 
and just the way just the way I had to manage the time was not easy, obviously, because at one point for Le Mans, for example, it was qualifying on on what was it, Friday, I think. I think it was Friday, yeah. On Friday we got qualifying and then thirty minutes straight after that I had the SRO thing on um on ACC. And kind of going back and forth between the two, um I kind of prioritized Le Mans more because ACC, I just, I, I mean, I understand the game. I was lucky enough that I got a couple of decent, like, uh, a couple of decent finishes in the, um, in the whole season. And I was lucky enough to be P3. And that's what I was focusing on. The championship was just far too out of reach. And I think James Baldwin was a bit too good uh, with a bit too much practice versus me. So I was just about to put like, what, five, six hours of practice for the whole ACC event. And that was it. Same goes for race or I started practicing like literally the day of the race and sometimes lucky enough to, to do good in quality. I mean, I, I knew, I knew for myself that I was the best Audi in that series, yep, that's but true. Even, even with more practice, I couldn't do any, any, any better. It's just unfortunate that the BOP was, was the way it was, but um, yeah, it was, it was not, it was, it was not an easy thing to do, uh, especially managing time, but I, I made it work. I set myself my priorities and I kind of stuck with that schedule luckily. Yeah, I mean, you certainly got great results across all those series throughout the years we've we've already mentioned. Let's say if there's not so much going on on a particular spit of a few days, and you've got a, a big race coming up, what? How many hours would you generally put into practice for a certain event? Was that a hard hard question to ask? For a certain event, it always depends on the car, yeah. the way I understand the car and the game, and. What are the experience of the car from beforehand? Uh, and if also, if we have setups to work on. So for example, Adak, we did not need to make a setup. We just needed to, um, to constantly lap. And I got to a point where I understood the game and how it worked and how the Audi worked as well and how to find the best amount of time possible in, the, in a lap time. So I didn't need to practice all that much for, for that kind of series. It was like four or five hours, three hours. And I was already at the peak of the car. And then four or five hours for for the remainder of race pace call um, like any sort of any sort of other testing that are like on the sidelines uh, before after quality and um any other series that have for example le mans uh for this round in orch life um i put i think 200 laps of practice on an orch wow wow yeah bear in mind it's what how how long is a lap eight nine minutes uh, Eight minutes in, yeah. in the dry, in, in the white, it's nine minutes. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, I think I completed like 160 laps total, uncompleted 220 around, around that area. Holy um, cow. So, yeah, that, that's the amount of time that I take to practice for that. But obviously, the event is super, super important. So, that's why I take um, a lot of my time, mm. like invest a lot of my time into it and other stuff, not so much because, yeah, I mean, it's kind of luck. I'm kind of lucky enough that I. I can get, I can take my skills and just adapt to the situation really quickly. And um, even though I don't understand some games fully, um, I managed to do as best as I can with, with the time that I have um, left. And I just get, I, I just kind of try and get the result um, I can as yeah. the best as possible. And um, that's how I work. But if, if there was any race that I would fully commit um, yeah, like I said, it all, all depends on a lot of variables. But it, right. if it's a solo thing, a bit less, let's say about 12 to 16 hours total. Um, but for Lamont, obviously more, 30, 40 hours. <laughs> Anything else also can be five. So wow. yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, so actually just this 
this is a thought made me think of two extra points there. Uh, first of all, then, let's say a normal week for you, a working week for you. Are you on the sim or a sim of some sort uh, every single day? Um, I think the past two months I was at the office every day, yeah. even the weekends. Wow. I, was, I think I had like two days off and that was it. Um, that, that's how my schedule was pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. every day I'm driving. Yeah, exactly. I, I literally woke up, uh, made lunch, came to the office and worked uh, worked my butt off until 10 o'clock, went home mm. and that's it. Uh, rinse and repeat the next day. Um, yeah, that, that's how my schedule looked like. It was like every day at the office, just working, um, always on the sim and also trying to manage time like practice watch some youtube like chill chill a little bit mentally and go at it again right um no no real stoppages there's no way i can i can play other games over here because i don't have them downloaded plus i don't want to do that because yeah it's just Hmm. a waste of time and a waste um and it just doesn't feel right doing it at the office i would say yeah so also when you you were talked about you've been on so many different platforms this year um what would you say are the main differences between some of them? For, for example, you know, if you're spending so much time for Le Mans Virtual Series on R Factor Two, obviously racetracks have similar driving lines and stuff. But are there any particular skills that you can take from that and apply to a set of course, or are they so different that you're almost starting from scratch? Other than remembering the, where the tracks go. As, as you mentioned, R factor between ACC is just a night and day difference. Yeah, I would say because yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I had to drive the the M8 on at Spa, and that was a, on R factor, and then I had to drive the McLaren at Spa. Right, completely different story. Like the way that the whole physics system works is just night and day difference, and you couldn't really uh, resemble it. The only thing I could resemble it was the absolute accuracy of of the ACC and R Factor spa, like this whole spa track combined. And that was a really nice thing to see and like really nice thing to feel because a couple of lines that I took actually were pretty, pretty similar. Right, and okay. Yeah, that, that's, that's the only thing you can learn from it. But judging from like the physics side and how you have to drive the cars, for example, the M8, I had to literally throw the car into Pujon, for example. And at Lake Home, it was almost flat on the final corner, which is normally the cars don't have to go flat out there. But in, in ACC, I had to fully lift for the car to even try and turn right in the McLaren. So it's it's not super it's not super similar between those. So you have to really adjust between every single sim that you drive. Maybe race room is similar to R Factor, but not as much. But at least you get some sort of like um, knowledge from R Factor and put it in race room. It's it's that, that it, it's pretty close. But any other sim is just way too hard, uh, way too much, too many differences, uh, yeah. too many variables that you have to learn. Right, that's an important point because I think a lot of people who are maybe watching esports for the first time, especially since last year, more people are watching than ever. Um, perhaps some people don't fully appreciate that actually you have to relearn every, uh, most things from each platform. They are really different. And then also the time it takes to, to do that and become professional level. Um, so that's where, that's where you are right now. But I want to rewind a little bit and talk about how you got into sim racing. What was the first time you remember taking part in a competitive race? Uh, in a proper competitive race? I remember yeah. it was like a um, it was like a national championship. Um, I think the, some people from Slovenia had like a like an MX5 series okay, cool. on, uh, on iRacing and that's the very first time I actually competed against uh, like 
in, in some sort of a series, let's say. And the proper international one was 2013 in FSR, R Factor One. Hmm. Um, that's those are the kind of first races that I actually got um, got the first taste of competing. But I've already done um, done a couple of like other racing platforms uh, yeah. like F1 2011, G, uh, what was it Gran Turismo Five? Any other game that I, you can nice. think of that actually works with the wheel, pretty much. Yeah. Um, that's where I pretty much started. And nice. when the time came, I actually like thought about, wait, maybe I can try and compete something. Maybe I can try and find something from in in like in Slovenia to uh, to compete at and try and see if I'm good enough. And so I did. Nice. <laughs> you know, and here we are. Here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well done. Um, I was watching for another project uh, for some research, some uh, GPVWC, uh, the World Sports Series for 2015, which I believe you were telling me just before we started that you won that that year. And also James Kurt was commentating who he actually contributes some esports reports for Traction.gg. Um, I think the race I watched at Spa, you came third. But uh, how do you see a difference in professional esports from when you were competing then to now are, are there any differences or is it just that more people watch it uh the the difference yes definitely the more people watch it i think that's that's one of the bigger difference as well as um having manufacturers uh come into the sport yeah uh, just like bmw for example bmw and redline work together so i'm i'm basically a bmw driver now for 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 some sim series right which is really cool yeah it's amazing um that that's the sort of stuff that actually changed and also a lot of money came like got involved because if you look at it uh, like backwards, like GBVWC, we didn't have any money to like get. We only had we only had pride and and just you could brag about winning a championship. That was all. I think um, also the level of just the just the sheer talent got got higher. But like I'm not sure how much, but it's an insane amount of how how much talent came into the into the scene and how difficult it is to win now uh looking at um previously but if i look back 2015 myself now uh the skills that i've that i've gotten from 2012 up to now i think i would have beaten myself from 2015 by by a country mile that's interesting so you feel like you're on a better level now i think i'm in a much much better level Mm. even everyone else was because i think i think i'm not too sure um what kind of clip you were watching but i think you might have seen resto capit uh, oh, he might have been there, yeah, yeah. And there been. was a guy called Cameron Brewster who I know who was in the race. Brewster, as well, yeah, but uh, Capit in general, for example, right? It's like you could see um, some of the um, uh, some of the strengths, but like also me improving on myself and also beating him because beating him was really tough um, back then. But right now it's a little bit easier. But luckily, but but even both of us actually got a lot of um, a, a lot of more skill. In us to um, yeah. when it comes to like the um, when it comes to esports and yeah just that that that's the whole thing that actually um, actually changed like improved just the sponsors the money everything it's just the amount of people that are so talented that came to the sport it's insane yeah I mean you mentioned quickly there Risto Capit I mean he drives for RAG Esports now right which is yes. Roman Grosjean's uh, team or affiliated team which is which again just shows some of these uh, real world companies and businesses and sponsors and drivers are actually, you know, fully behind uh, racing esports, which they weren't perhaps back in 2015, let's say. Um, actually, so, so just to be clear, so you drive for Team Redline and also there's a BMW affiliation there and you represent BMW in certain championships as well. What's it like 
first of all, uh, representing BMW uh, in the virtual world? Uh, BMW representing them is really, really cool because like, um, you don't really get a lot of chances to represent such a big company, such a big brand, uh, such a big manufacturer in the sport as well. Um, so it's 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 really cool to like represent them in a way and have some uh, have some sort of support from them. Um, it also kind of made my life a little bit easier. I could I could still continue to live in the Netherlands uh, because of that. And yeah, I'm just I'm just lucky and really really grateful for that kind of opportunity because yeah, you just don't get that many opportunities in in life and especially in esports. It's so hard to like get that opportunity uh, because we're still growing in a sense. Maybe later on it might be a little bit easier, but you, you can see in F1 esports, it's if you're good enough, you get picked up by an F1 team. So um, yeah, just representing them is, it's, mm. it's an amazing feeling. Like as soon as I got that message, when I would represent them, it was, it's just like, well, insane, yeah, insane, insane feeling like any, any sort of company I wouldn't, I couldn't care less. Like anything to represent is is cool. That's uh, that's so big and so um, yeah. known in um, in the whole world. Let's say. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a really good point. It must have felt amazing. It must continue to do so because if you look at real world drivers and the amazing talent that BMW has signed uh, over the years, it's still only a small group of people, right? And you're all part of that uh, company, exactly. and it just shows as well going back to the start of this chat where you're talking about how many hours you put into and how many years you've been doing it, everyone can compete now in some form of eSports, whether it's on a PlayStation to start with, a PC or Xbox or whatever, but then to actually take it to another level, it's you know an extra level of dedication. So BMW, obviously, there's a relationship there with your current team, Team Redline. Um, I believe you started working with Team Redline in the middle of 2020. Um, end of March, yes. Yeah, so... So how did that come about and, and what's it like being working with them since then? Um, well, working with them was, it's just, it's cool. I mean, these are some really cool people in the, in the team um, that I've met, even first happened. Cool guy yeah. to meet, cool guy to talk to. Talk to. Um, had a whole different perspective of him when I joined the team. Um, but yeah, um, how that came about was, so I was in Edge Esports before, before going to any sort of big team, I was already doing the same thing as I'm doing right now, doing multiple platforms, doing multiple series. And I saw I happened to get a chance to qualify for McLaren Shadow, which right. was a competition that you would join the team, right? And I won that championship with ease. I literally beat everyone in every sort of game imaginable, apart, nice. from, the real, <laughs> apart from the real car. It was just that's a good flex. It, it it felt easy. It wasn't easy because I was like doing so many hours of practice as well for that because it was for the four different platforms and also a tablet game which was weird <laughs> yeah <laughs> so cool but like yeah it wasn't easy but as soon as i won that i was joined i joined that team but unfortunately enough that team was not was not having those, those sort of ambitions that they have right now which was going into other other series apart from f1 esports so i was trying to get them to um to go into our factor ACC or anything that I could drive, right? right because I didn't yeah. want to do F1 esports. For me, F1 esports is meh, weird. But um, I just I, I wanted to do something else. But they also did not try and um, I don't know how, how should I say, but commit commit to it the same right. way. Mm -hmm. 
like like they do right now with Veloce and McLaren Shadow, but that's besides the point. At Things have time, evolved since then, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Team Redline at the time worked with them, and I didn't know the people that worked with them. So I saw Diedrich, I saw Hatze, I saw Bono in the chat. I was like, what? Who the hell are these people? Apart from Bono, obviously. I know Hatze, I know Bono, yeah, yeah. but I didn't know that these people were Redline at the time. I was like, I was super confused. It's just my brain didn't work. It's literally potatoed. And I just got one, one day I got a call from Dom Duhan and that's how it came about. I just started talking with him. He was interested. Um, I do know that others were as well. And all the other people from Redline uh, kind of gave that interest to me. And um, I think within a couple of days, he was just like, do you want to join the team? And I was like, hell yeah, get me in because I'm stuck in a bubble that I just cannot go out and I... I can't represent the team if if they don't if they don't commit to it, right? It's like he, he was just like, yeah, just join with us and we'll um, we'll do the thing that you want to do, and yeah, that, that's how it started. And um, yeah, so grateful for the opportunity, obviously. And it's just yeah. being in in this kind of powerhouse of a team is amazing. What's the what's the work dynamic there? Does every all the drivers work well together? I think they do. I don't know. I don't know about the iRacing side. I don't really of focus on that. I, yeah, I yeah. look at the chat of iRacing. It's like, that's not my game either. Um, but the the relationship between us in R-Factor and ACC, well, it's pretty much the same people, but um, our relationship is amazing. I mean, I'm working with Jeffrey, as you saw in uh, in Race Room and Formula Pro. He's a really good, really good guy, really good friend uh, to work with Bono as well. Really cool guy to be, to be around with. And, um, just the whole relationship with them is is cool. The engineers with uh, with the team managers, with with Mark, with Atze, with Diedrich, with Don, with with anyone that you can think of, um, the relationship is good. Um, everyone is happy working with each other. We're pushing ourselves to the limit every single time, but we do it in a respectful way. We don't have, at least I don't think, I didn't feel like we have any sort of. Um, problematic ego let's say hmm. um which is good which is a good a good thing to have i mean that that's how chemistry kind of works together and um yeah we don't have any sort of issues we we just work with each other we love work, working with each other and it's um it's just a pleasure i don't know nice. just coming into a sim and working with someone that you hmm. like working with it's it's cool instead of just working by yourself and doing laps like I did last year, unfortunately. But this year, everything changed to uh, to the better. So it's amazing. Right. There we go. That's the key to success, I guess. The, the good the good teamwork. Because if you look at any major esports competition, there's probably going to be a Team Redline car in there and it's probably going to be near the front. <laughs> um, most certainly. Yeah. We're What's not the... going to back down to anything. We're just going to go straight in, fully sent, like nice. no prisoners. Cool. Um, so... Also 2020, so you signed up to Team Redline in 2020, but in 2020 as well, you won the ABB Formula E Race at Home Series. Bit of a mouthful, I had to read it out. I was cheating there. <laughs> uh, so you won that. Congratulations. Now, uh, obviously there was some uh, pandemic-related things, but your, your prize was to drive uh, or test the Formula E car uh, Gen 2 in Valencia. You did that earlier this year. How was that for you? That was, that was cool. Um I wasn't expecting so much power out of the car or the torque. Oh, really? Yeah, especially the torque. Jesus Christ, that was, that was a lot of torque. Instant, I guess. 
Uh, exactly. Yeah. As soon as you floor it, like you, you can hear the wheel spinning. It's 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 creepy at first, but like you can hear the wheel spinning and just it launches you. And like you're literally stuck in the seat for for the whole duration. Um, it was a cool experience. Like even though it was behind a safety car, even though I wanted to go faster and push the car more, I understand that they want to um, they want to preserve the car. And they yeah, I don't think so, they're cheap. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, probably the case. But um, it it was a cool experience still. Um, I mean, I got to, I got to experience a couple of slides, at least in a couple of lockups. But um, oh, cool! Um, I just had to drive behind the safety car, like create some sort of a gap to at least have some fun. I got a couple of corners and then move back a little bit. But um, but still, the experience was lovely. Um, the people that made it possible. I mean, I'm really happy that they did. So I'm grateful for the opportunity and happy that they um, kind of were involved like that. So it was a cool experience to have. And I hope we ha we have a little bit more of that soon, if not even even better things, maybe testing Ooh. it properly. Ooh. Hope so. Fingers I mean, crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. I mean, in a couple of years, it, this should happen. I mean, mm. we're just so craving for it. It's um, it's insane, at least some of us. Yeah. So, Do, Would you have any aspirations for some real-world motorsport competition? Oh, I've had for, for a long time. Um, right. That's the ultimate goal. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, even though I love sim racing in general, and like, but sometimes it gets a little bit tiring when you're by yourself. Sometimes maybe with teamwork it's fine, but um, I think real racing. As, as soon as you get in a car and you feel the ex and you experience the g forces, it kind of uh, and the adrenaline like kicks up. It's like, Jesus, I want to do that, right? <laughs> um, I want to race like that. It would be insane, but you know, money. Money is just a limiting factor, of course, and I don't know. Maybe, maybe one day, maybe BMW just decides and says, "Like, yeah. okay, maybe we want you to test this car, test that, or even being a simulator, a sim, sim tester would be lovely." Mm. But the ultimate goal was always for me real racing, even though I'm already pretty late in terms of like starting off. But um, still, would love to um, love to start off. Like I've, you've seen Rudy Van Buren do that. He's having a lovely time. He is busy, but he's having a lovely time driving the the Porsche Cup. Um, yeah, so yeah doing very well. I would love to do similar stuff as well. Oh well, here's hoping that that does uh, come true, uh, especially next year. I suppose it's end end of the season now, at the time we're talking. But uh, there's definitely transfer transferable skills from sim racing to real world racing, and oh, it's definitely. not it's not just like knowing the tracks, which everyone defaults to, right? It's a racecraft. It's attacking, defending. It's a car setup. All these things. Yeah, it's the logic of how you maneuver around the track as well. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah you, you you do learn the track a lot. You understand the the um the, what you have, the, what you can do, what you can't do, right? Just going around the track and knowing the fundamentals and trying to adapt to the situation is is key, and that's how you and that's what you learn from mm -hmm. it, right? It's like you you know whether or not a car is um, going to behave like that, right? So. If you understand how to fix that, you're good to go, right? Yeah. Well, well, in that case, I've got a future. There's a future for me yet. Brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> Actually, yeah. I'm nowhere near your level, and that's not going <laughs> to happen anytime soon. And I'm way. If you think you're slightly started slightly late, then I'm way. I'm like ten years older, so it's all good. I'm sure there'll be a future for you in sim racing and real world motorsport next year, and I hope so. Anyway, um, speaking of the real world. Uh, Autospot magazine in the UK, anyway, is an institution. It's been around for many, many years, and they've got a popular, popular website. And they have nominated you for the eSports Driver of the Year. So this is the second year of this award. Um, first of all, what was it? What was it like to be uh, nominated for this? Do you think? Do you know, what was the feeling? 
it was kind of unexpected, I would say. So yeah. because I don't know, I I, I usually look at um, results themselves. Like I usually look at championships mostly, right? And I only won one of them, so I was not having that sort of feeling that I would be nominated. But I wouldn't mind in the end, right? So um, I didn't really have in particularly like the best year that I was hoping for. But yeah, it's just in seeing my my face up there and like seeing my name also being mentioned like it it was really cool it was like nice. it was unexpected and also that that was the kind of surprise that i um that i kind of liked as well so like yeah. surprise they, they pretty much surprised me of um when they picked me right nice. so it, it was a cool experience to see and um it's quite amazing um happy for yeah. it at least yeah nice well congratulations again for the nomination i think uh one of the factors was uh your adaptability and skills across many different platforms and vehicle types um do you think having uh an esports driver of the year award within the autosport awards you know where like senna hamilton and vettel they've all been there and received awards and stuff do you think that helps raise awareness or, or show just how serious esports can be taken it definitely does because um while we cannot go into real life motorsport and show our skills there like we still have a lot of skills to show in in sim racing and it's it, i think in sometimes it might even be harder than real life motorsports because in real life you have limit a limited time and if you're good enough like if you if you like learn the car like instantly you can be p1 in by like a second right that can happen in some series. Um, not saying it can, it can happen anywhere, but like in sim racing, it's so it's it's just they we all rely on those fine margins, those milliseconds, pretty much. You can see it in F1 esports. Like a tenth off from P1 can be P18, yeah, and you're out of Q Q1. So it's ridiculous how how big of a level it is. So it's it's really hard to kind of get to that level. So them realizing that and seeing us as potential like future let's say or or at least some sort of category that some other people can watch as well that is racing but it's not real life um is a good step in the right direction i think for us and i think we we deserve to be mentioned at least yeah. at least the top guys right yeah. at least we do deserve to get mentioned um about our skill and talent because we devote all of our time all of our money as well. Uh, the teams do that as well. And sponsors, we devote a lot of things into it. And this is not so much of a hobby anymore. It's a job. So um, we got to work the same way as others have to. Hmm. Um, so them so them showing the respect and showing that we we also are important um, is really cool. And I'm, and I'm happy that they do that. We I believe we do deserve that. And um, I hope it's being mentioned more later on. Yeah. We'll see. I think we're certainly trying to uh, push that further. And the esports coverage on Autosport and Motorsport has uh, taken a step up this year. So, and hopefully that continues. Um, and, and you mentioned there just how close it is. To me, this could be wrong. You might have a different opinion to this, but in esports, there's like unlimited practice, so to speak, you know, within the realm of, of possibility. Whereas in real motorsport, there's like limits on testing. It costs a lot to go testing. So, to 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 me, the amount of practice that can can be had makes the field closer, and that means that if you do succeed or even get or get on the podium, that is such an achievement because everybody's is extremely talented and ex- extremely close to the top, right? Because of the practice you can do. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's, the whole level is insane. So, yeah, yeah. like, the more people practice, the closer you'll get because people get to the same lap times. So, yeah. They find yeah. some sort of tricks in the setup, just like he did in 
God knows how many laps he did. Right. So um, we'll wrap this up now. So thank you very much for the time. I'll get to close to the end. But I just want to know what's uh, left on your schedule for this year. Is it just Le Mans Virtual Series? This year is just Le Mans, luckily. And a little bit of uni work until January. But Ah, next, right. How's the studying year, going? It's it's going well. Uh, I've got two more things to finish, uh, the graduation and something from third year wow. that I just slacked off for the past Oops. year. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, it's, just, it's just mental. But uh, that's the only thing that I have left. It's Le Mans next month, and then the whole year is finished, I believe. Might be wrong, might not be, but we'll see. Next year we should start off in January already. But um, I yeah. think up to the until that we, we sh- I should have enough time to uh, kind of mentally get back to it and yeah. um, kind of enjoy my time, play some Battlefield, Call of Duty, anything that I can get. Ah, okay, non non racing titles. Exactly. Yeah. All <laughs> <laughs> ah, right. So yeah. So wow, busy esports schedule, successful results, and studying at university. That's impressive. Uh, and yeah, I guess in January there's a 24 hours of Le Mans virtual. Are you looking forward to that event? Of course I am. I mean, yeah, Le Mans 24. I've never won that, so the um, so the goal is the goal is still up there to win it. So I'll do my best, and I think my teammates will do the same thing. Um, we'll try and win it, try and win a little bit of money as well with it and the championship with it. Well, if you are one of the drivers that does come across in person to the uh, Autosport International Show for the race, then I'll see you there. But if not, I'll report on it either way. Um, just one last question before I head off, I suppose. Uh, 2022, you've got, as we say there, the 24 hours in January. But anything else locked in or are you open to any particular series? Open to anything. I think BMW do have some sort of things that they want to do. Um next year and I have to obviously abide by the contract and um, drive for them in some of those series but I think it's going to be mostly of the same thing um, I'm expecting VTNR, Formula E and Le Mans again to have some sort of thing going on next right. year, Formula Pro maybe ADAC, may- maybe everything that I've done this year um, if I'm lucky enough with the schedule again and yeah. I don't have many other races um, like literally bunched up together but I'll see I'll prioritize even more and I'll Kind of have a think what's um, what's more of a priority to go against, and um, where the the most amount of money can also be made because I need to make a living. So <laughs> it wouldn't. Be, it's yeah, it's tough to let some some things go, but um, I'll have to improve on the on that on that part and not um, overpressurize myself. But it's, let's say cool. Well, best of luck for. The Mon Virtual Series uh, soon, but also for your plans for next year and your university studying. Don't forget that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you want to, for anyone listening, if you want to follow Kevin Ziggy, you can just search Kevin Ziggy and he's on Twitter and Instagram and places like this. Obviously, you can follow Team Redline and their progress. And for any race reports that Kevin might be racing in, uh, then obviously visit the traction.gg website and follow us on social media. And Thank you very much for everybody for downloading and listening to the podcast. A follow on Spotify or a subscription on iTunes really does help. Or if you're on YouTube, leave a comment below with uh, what your favourite esports is uh, at the minute. That's it for now. Thank you for joining us, Kevin. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you. Best of luck and to Team Redline for the future races. And for everybody listening, keep it pinned.